Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. Welcome to the Greener Way podcast. I'm your host and managing editor of FS Sustainability, Rachel Alambakis. In this episode, brought to you by First Centier Investors, we'll be talking about biodiversity and natural capital and how investors are taking these massive topics into consideration. Joining us is Responsible Investment Specialist Joanne Lee. Joanne, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a busy year since we last spoke. Uh, So can you quickly first introduce yourself and your role at First Centier? And then let's get into these topics. Yes, great to see you again, Rachel. Thanks for having me today. Um, yeah, so I'm a, a responsible investment specialist at First Century Investors. I've been with the firm about one and a half years uh, so far. I'm leading the work, uh, firm's work on nature and biodiversity. Excellent. All right. Well, Joanne, within that context, it's been a busy year and a half, as we said. Um, how are you approaching or refining First Centier's approaches uh, to defining the risks and exploring the opportunities within the various portfolios? Yeah, so because I lead the the topic of nature and biodiversity, which is a huge topic, um, there's a lot that's been going on um, internally and externally. And I would like to just uh, take a little bit of time to explain what has what we've been doing so far um, to advance this work. So at First Century Investors, we set uh, the topic of biodiversity, uh, nature and biodiversity, as a priority topic of our responsible investment agenda in 2020. And uh, last year, we um, convened a a few representatives from different investment teams at FSI, and they formed together with RI team, uh, a nature and biodiversity working group. And for about a year, we discussed various topics, mostly focusing on freshwater and forest. And and we we, we refined, we discussed challenges, we discussed their experiences. And then uh, eventually we launched an internal um, nature and biodiversity toolkit uh, in May this year. So in the process of developing an approach to support our investment teams to start conducting due diligence on key topics uh, such as freshwater and deforestation, um, at the sector level and also at the company level, we heard from our investment teams and also from our other investors that, oh, this is something that we could totally use in our own own assessments. But also um, some of the beginners uh, who are kind of really new to this uh, journey, they were really interested in uh, following our steps and and, and trying our approach. But because this field is really new and it's quite complex, a lot of them actually shared feedback that they're really sure how to approach this, what to look for, how to use existing resources. So we thought, okay, we have this internal toolkit, um, but maybe this could be really valuable to share it externally with other stakeholders. And with the support from our investment teams who are really starting to implement the the approaches in the toolkit, um, we decided to publish it, which we did uh, in September. because this, is, this topic is really new, we want to share our learnings with our peers. And also from feedback that we've get, uh, gotten so far, we can also improve our approaches. So this has been uh, a journey quite a long time and uh, it's still improving. And, and the guide that we published, we call it Investors Can Assess Nature Now. Uh, we also discuss a lot, a lot about what we're planning to, to do in the next steps. Fantastic. All right. Well, Joanne, let's go into this a little bit further. Why specifically, and this might sound like a really basic question, but why specifically focus on freshwater and forests? Uh, Yeah, freshwater and forests. uh, We decided to focus on on these for various reasons. One, uh, because of their importance as, as key sectors that a lot of our holding companies are dependent on. 
also um, they are so important for for sustaining the economy. Uh, I mean, almost all sectors have dependencies on fresh water in many different ways. And deforestation is such an urgent issue that um, companies and financial institutions should really address. But it's very difficult because of the very complex uh, supply chain and, and, and that's linked to the company's businesses and also um, uh, has impact on, on investment. And finally, um, this is a practical reason. And there are just more um, data and tools and methodologies available for investors to assess um, company-related issues on these two topics compared to other uh, nature-related topics such as waste or pollution. They're all important, but um, usually when we start the assessment first, uh, these two topics we thought were relatively easier uh, uh, topics for us to tackle and understand than, than others. Have there been, I mean, and look, I know I'm asking a really general and wide question here, Joanne, but has there been any initial information um, internally at First Centier when you're applying it to portfolio companies around sort of what we, you know, what we're calling risks and dependencies, sort of what it means to be dependent on fresh water or to healthy forests? Is there any information that's come back that's been meaningful? Um, we had to do a lot of uh, these sessions to really cover the ground initially. So it started from definitions, right? What is nature? What is biodiversity? Um, when we say freshwater, what do we mean by it? Because there are certain terms that investors are more familiar with than, than others, others, because they keep seeing this from company discussions and they keep seeing this in other reports. But there, there is a need to be able to see a little bit more broadly to really understand the, the issues. So it's not just about water use uh, from a direct operation of a company, but you need to see uh, broader water risks related to a specific location, which is something that's not really widely and often uh, looked at by, by investors. So yeah, we had to go through these step definitions and key concepts and terms. And this is one of the reasons why we, uh, when we worked on the guide, we really wanted to make it very practical. And it needed to have lots of explanations because in the end, we are trying to translate the scientific language into the language that the finance sector can understand. So naturally, it will involve lots of scientific words that investors are not really used to, uh, like such as basin risk. So in the guide, I, you know, uh, just kind of building on from our discussions on, on, on capacity building, initial knowledge sharing, all that stuff, we um, added a lot of uh, appendix, references, footnotes to really help uh, investors understand these concepts. Look, it's not just investors that are kind of confused by these definitions. I, I must admit that sometimes it takes a little bit of probing to uh, define for myself what some of these terms that seem so simple, like fresh water or, you know, for deforestation really means. So um, it's great to hear that First Centier has spent so much time sort of, you know, probing those definitions and what they mean. Now, you said a little bit earlier in the interview here, um, Joanne, that you've opened up this toolkit for the public. Um, why would you share your special sauce, uh, the, the thing that maybe gives you a little bit of an edge in an investment sense? Yeah, thanks for this question. I actually, uh, um, others have asked me the same question before. Um, we thought this, this issue of nature is a systemic issue. It's not something that we alone as a, a single investor can solve. And the more investors... Um, work with companies and also data providers to improve the limited data right now and also improve the company disclosure, the more likely that we will be able to assess better and understand these issues better together. So this is the approach that we've taken, that we've developed. And we thought that 
other investors or other financial institutions could also use it. But that doesn't mean that it has to be this way. So they would use it as a reference and develop their own um, as they experience and they probably understand their holdings and exposure better. So we thought this would be a good chance and opportunity for us to to share this with others so that um, we can share feedback and hopefully we can collaborate further on you know different um, opportunities or initiatives, uh, partnerships, um, so that we can uh, improve the advance, uh, improve the the industry and advance this whole uh, conversations more. And this is exactly in line with what the Task Force on Nature Related Financial Disclosure uh, (TNFD) is trying to do, also to move the the industry together and sharing experiences and sharing lessons learned, um, challenges. Also, I think it's really crucial to move this space because. As you know, this is a really new field and there are so many challenges. So it's much easier for investors and financial institutions to come up with reasons why we couldn't do ABC than reasons why we can do. So this is really one of the reasons why we thought it would really benefit us and also um, others um, and the industry altogether to share more. So I I hope uh, we can see this approach from other investors as well. You took the words right out of my mouth, Joanne, when you mentioned the Task Force for Nature-Related Financial Disclosures. Um, It's not just another set of letters that we have to remember and keep straight when we're talking, but it's a a new new framework for measuring the way in which um, companies and assets are dependent on nature and impact on nature. you know, you launched the talk toolkit just publicly around the same time as the TNFD version 1.0 came out. What impact do you think TNFD is going to have um, on disclosure, on risk measurement, on opportunity identification? And look, I'll, I'll, that's a big question. So I might just stop there and let you answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's really uh, a great achievement. Uh, I know the TNFD task force and all the members worked really, really hard over the last two years. So very good start. It's not a standard. Uh, TNFD is is a, a disclosure framework. So along with all the additional guidance um, papers, consultation papers that they released, I think it's really giving us a, 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 a number of tools and resources that, that we can use. So, so that means companies as, as well as financial institutions can use to really assess and start working on this. And what's really great um, for this time, uh, this uh, final release is that they also published a getting started guide, which is, I think this is a great kind of an initiative and great um, way for beginners to, to see what they can do with it. And it really lists out a kind of a pathway that investors can take um, and companies can take to really start their journey and start um, improving uh, and, and learn from their own um, experience. So that's, I think, great. And I think they've done a great work in building capacity for all the participants. There's a tremendous amount of knowledge base uh, that's on the website, uh, in the reports. It's just now it's a bit of a homework for us to digest all of the the, the rich uh, resources out there. So, yeah, uh, that's 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 up to us. But what I gather from this final, final recommendations uh, launch is that it's really giving us at least uh, us first and investors, a huge confidence that the direction that we're heading to uh, with our toolkit, with our guide and with all the work that we're doing, that direction is on the right path. That really uh, looking at their guide and what they're saying, all the key messages that they're throwing out, um, especially in the launch webinar, I heard one of the speakers, panel members saying, 
do not let's not let the perfect be the enemy of the, enemy of the good, which is exactly the message that we had in our guide as well. So it was really great to see the same kind of messages coming out from the TNFD task force and all the other experts, which were exactly shared and echoed in our own guide. So it was really good to have the confidence. So jo- Joanne, is uh, First Sentier Investors part of the pilot group for TNFD? I mean, have you had a chance to get your hands on it and test it in that pilot phase for for how useful it might be? We are a member of the TNFD forum, um, and we have, although we have done a lot of work to, uh, that could uh, substantiate our um, scoping exercise and also more broadly uh, our disclosure, nature-related disclosure in line with the TNFD final dis- uh, recommendations, but we have not um, officially um, released uh, the pilot. But what we we have is that because of our work done already on the assessment, the sector level assessment, which is totally in line with the TNFD recommendations. I think we are already in a very good place to start really thinking about the disclosures. And also in terms of um, scoping exercise, we have already started the the kind of understanding the, the scope, which really comes down to understanding what is important and what is material for us to to, to be disclosing. Because Because initially TNFD is not asking all of us to disclose everything that we have. It's just starting from what we can and what we have access to. So in that regard, I think we we have already started our journey. And now with the final recommendations, I think uh, we are in really good place to uh, um, kind of get down to numbers, calculate the exposure and be able to disclose the percentage. We're working on it. Mm, I think one of the things that came out when we were covering the launch of TNFD um, in speaking with experts who'd been part of it was this focus on, you know, dealing with local communities, whether that's indigenous communities or, you know, local communities that are affected by nature. Um, It's going to be very interesting in the way that climate has come to have a justice and equity discussion to it, that nature and nature dependencies having a justice and equity element as well, I think is going to be something that I'm going to be looking at for uh, as I'm observing you folks, I'll try out what the TNFD means. Yeah, absolutely. I think this was one of the key additions um, to the TNFD, which is um, different from TCFD. So I think adding that that component of uh, stakeholder engagement, including indigenous communities, very important. We also try to do that in our guide. Um, so when we do the assessment, yes, it, there are plenty of indicators and metrics that we can use on nature, but it's also important to um, consider social uh, indicators, which often kind of come together, especially around issues like deforestation. Also. Um, sectors like mining. Mining is a very interesting sector because it brings together issues of climate change, uh, deforestation, nature and biodiversity, indigenous communities, and human rights and modern slavery all together. So it, it, it makes the sector really interesting, but also a very challenging sector to really transform. So we, we looked at it and we, we in, tried to include um, where we can at the sector level and also at the country level, um, some risk related to modern slavery, at least. There are some uh, uh, indicators out there that provide, like such as Walk Free Global um, uh, Modern Slavery Index. So compared to the the indicators that we used on nature and biodiversity, it's a bit limited, but it's available. So I think the the approach to include uh, as many social or related indicators as possible in areas that is relevant, I think it's a important way to kind of not continue the work in silo, but also bring them together in a more integrated way, as you mentioned. So, Joanne, as we come to the end of our time together, what gives you hope? What gets you out of bed in the morning for your job? I I was really happy to see the traction that 
the investors can um, assess nature guide, I can guide has received so far. As I mentioned earlier, we really wanted to share this with this uh, approach and framework that we built on with others to advance the industry. And because of that, it's really important to hear from others who read the guide and what they say. And, and the feedback so far we've gotten is that they they find it really practical, easy to uh, follow, and they are really interested in applying our approach into their uh, their discussion and also in, in the assessment. So I think that's a exactly what we intended to do and intended to see. So that's really great. Internally, our investment teams are uh, using also the, the the framework in the guide and they're, they've started the implementation. And hopefully we can actually um, generate really robust uh, engagement examples um, after this. And, and hopefully maybe next year we should be able to um, share some of the, the lessons learned and also the outcomes from, from the engagement. So these all these kind of Changes happening and impacts uh, uh, that, that I can see uh, from the release of this guide is a really something that's really great. And also I see, I, I do talk with lots of ESG data providers, um, especially after the release of the guide. And they all, every day they keep telling me, oh, we are launching this new information, new data, new tools coming up. And, you know, why don't you have a look at it? And it's, it's fascinating how fast this industry is evolving. And more and more players coming together, not just the, the traditional traditional scientific or uh, um, bodies or NGOs, but also technological providers um, focusing on uh, AIs, machine learning, satellite-based imageries, geospatial data analysis. All of these are, I think, coming together to really um, make this, the, especially in nature-related data space, uh, more mature. So I think that's another thing that gives me hope that, you know, we can do better. And, you know, I think the whole industry, especially with the TNFD final recommendations, is going to move really fast. And everyone was telling me um, that compared to the development of the TCFD, which took seven years or so or more, um, they're expecting a shorter time for the TNFD, although the topic itself is a lot more complex and there's not a like a single metric that we can use to report our progress. But Given the, the interest level that I've seen through the launch of our guide and also uh, from the launch of the TNFD uh, final recommendations, I think we are really there. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what's going to come, what new things are going to uh, become, and also how other investors will be looking at this um, going forward. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited to learn from others as well. Well, we'll have to have you back on next year, Joanne, and talk about what you've learned through over 2023 to 2024. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to continue developing other 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 uh, reports and also continuing the engagement. So yeah, uh, hopefully I have more to share with you next time. <laughs> Excellent. We've been talking with Joanne Lee. This episode was brought to you by First Centier Investors. I'm Rachel Allenbackis, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you like today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allen Backus. The Greener Way podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greener Way podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. 
ETA Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service license and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au. This podcast is not a financial promotion by First Centier Investors and has been prepared for general information purposes only. It is not intended to be investment or financial advice and does not take into account the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular person. References to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell such securities. First Centier Investors communicates and conducts business through different legal entities in different locations. Please refer to the notes sections of the podcast platform you use for more information on First Centier Investors in your region.